I find myself getting into that pattern of giving it to a God over and over and over, and it's, it becomes this obsession that builds fear. I, I tell myself, it's okay. I've given it to God. He's aware of the situation. I'm trusting him for the outcome. I don't need to keep obsessing about it. I can let it go. It's safe to let it go. Hi, I'm Alicia Michelle, and as a trained and certified Christian mindset coach, I've helped hundreds of Christian women discover brain science-based mindset tools to help them grow closer to God and break free from anxiety, perfectionism, people-pleasing, and feeling like they're never enough. The Christian Mindset Coach is the award-winning podcast that shows you how to use simple brain science principles and biblical truth to renew your mind for lasting confidence, joy, and peace. I'm so glad you're here. Grab a cozy spot and let's get started. Hey there, welcome to today's episode of the Christian Mindset Coach with me, Alicia Michelle. I am very excited about today's episode because this is one I've been wanting to do for a while and I had forgotten about this topic. And then I was listening to a speaker today and it just reminded me, okay, yeah, no, this is definitely something that we need to talk about. It goes perfectly into this whole series we've been talking about on anxiety. And it's just something that the Lord has really been using in my life to encourage me. And I think it's something that honestly that we don't we don't hear a lot about when we're talking about worry and anxiety, but it's a super important aspect of it, kind of the other side of it. And it is this idea that when we have struggled with anxiety, especially if you've struggled with it for a long time, we can have this fear of enjoying life. There is this side of us that's like, I don't even know how to let go. I don't know how to stop worrying. Um, and it's not even, it's, it's, it can be a habit, yes, but it's like there is this somehow this control or this strength that we still sometimes feel by worrying. And we can even sometimes cloud that worrying with the idea of, okay, well, I'm praying about it again, and I'm praying about it again, and I'm asking my friend to pray about it. And please hear me that, of course, prayer is important and we need to give it to God, but sometimes we can become obsessive in that, <laughs> can't we? Where we we just, it becomes this, it becomes a sense of anxiety in itself because we're just so wrapped up in the, did I cover this detail? Did I cover up that? Did I talk about that? that we lose, we lose the gift that God is giving us in this moment. In this moment, he's saying, I've got you. I'm in control. I'm providing for your every need. You're going to be okay. And this concept is what I like to call just actively meditating on the good. I had this revelation about, I would say probably a year or so ago, when I'd gone through some really big seasons that were really heavy and hard, and I'd been so caught up in really having to actively battle every day in prayer, and yet I was battling, but I was not, I realized as I came out of that season, I had never really sat on the other side of that fighting or that worrying, so to speak, and that is to let God minister me to me and show me the good. Show me what is really happening, not just this hard stuff, but all of the blessings, all of his love, all of his character, all of who I've been made into as his daughter. What is all of that? And am I meditating on that? And why that's important is because that's the strength that it gives us during the hard times. We need to be able to have that strength of, of undergirding the, the goodness behind us when we're battling. And so I felt like for me, it was really kind of the next level in managing my anxiety. God saying, 
it's okay. I'm giving you permission. In fact, I'm encouraging you to focus on the good. And we'll talk about, there is scripture to back that up in a minute, but it's, it's that revelation for me was huge because I realized, wow, for so long, in fact, most of my life, I had, it had felt like luxurious or it had felt unnecessary or it had felt just wrong when I'm walking through this problem. And, and yet here I am sitting here thinking about God's love, or I'm thinking about this, this positive thing or a beautiful flower outside. I'm thinking, how could I hold both? It was very, it was very foreign to me. And it felt almost like I was ignoring the difficulty. Have you ever felt like that? So again, when we deal with anxiety and fear, we have to give it to him and he can tackle it. We have to make a plan for it. That's not what we're focusing on in this episode. We've talked about that in other episodes. Uh, I can link to those in the show notes. If you want to know where else you can go to learn about how to manage anxiety in the moment. We also talk about that in the Calm Your Anxiety Toolkit, what to do, how do we change or switch our thoughts out in the moment, how to prepare ourselves um, kind of as an ongoing regular way to, to maintenance to keep ourselves in a good place with our emotions so that anxiety doesn't seem to take over. The Calm Your Anxiety Toolkit is designed to be a plan for you and I to make based on how we can rework our thoughts in the moment, based on coping strategies, based on affirmations. So using all that together to create a plan that's good for you and for me in those moments. So that is the bulk of all of that work. But again, we're talking about the other side of it. Once we've got that plan going, there comes a point where we just have to let go. We have to let go of the obsessing and the worrying and even overpraying because those things are, can get in the way of the gift of the moment. So we can pray about it. We can release it. And then in faith, we can let it go. We can turn over and go back to sleep. That next step of what we do after we pray, I think really says a lot about the amount of faith we have in our prayer, that we're really giving it to God. We really are releasing it. Because if we're still continuing to, to, to obsess about it and freak out about it, it's like, have we given it to God? And please hear me. I'm not, I'm not heaping condemnation or shame on someone if you're feeling like that. And by all means, God wants us to call out to him in that moment. If we feel like, God, I can't handle this. I need you to help me. I know I've brought this to you several times. I'm not saying that. You hear that distinction though that happens when we have become like almost like the praying side of it, the the obsessing over it and and doing that becomes the idol so that we can't even get into that place of receiving the filling up that God wants to give us. And if we get into that place where we kind of feel like, well, I have to, I have to do this, I have to do something, like we're focused on the doing. We're focused on the doing because we wanted to fix it, right? We want it to change. I have to tell myself sometimes when I if I find myself getting into that pattern of giving it to a God over and over and over, and it's like, I hear him just saying, shh, it's okay, it's okay. It becomes this obsession that builds fear. I, I tell myself, it's okay. I've given it to God. He's aware of the situation. I'm trusting him for the outcome. I don't need to keep obsessing about it. I can let it go. It's safe to let it go. I know some of us really need to hear this side of it because there is almost a almost like a, a a badge of honor, maybe, when we're especially walking through a tough season where we feel like, well, I'm just gonna give it to God over and over and over. And it's like, yes, give it to the Lord, but in faith, we can let it go as well. 
So I needed to give myself permission to do that. I needed to tell myself it was okay that that old anxiety that was still holding on to it, well, you have to be slaving away at it. You have to be thinking about it over and over. I had to train myself to not transfer that anxiety part of it, of the action plan, wanting to take action, really by saying, am I trusting God by continuing to think about it and talk about it, but instead allow God to build me up and keep me strong by focusing on the good. So let's read Philippians 4, verses 6 to 9. Now, I know this is a verse you've heard before, but I want you to think about it in this new context. So I'm going to read it. This is in the New Living Translation. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what's true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Do anxious thoughts and what-ifs consume your mind and steal your peace? God tells us to be anxious for nothing, but you wonder, how does that happen? What if you had a custom plan for managing your anxiety, one that was designed for your anxiety triggers with specific scientifically proven action steps based on brain science to manage worry both in the moment and for the long term? I want to help you create your custom plan for managing anxious thoughts with the Calm Your Anxiety Toolkit, the four-week anxiety Bible study, mindset training, and resources that equip Christian women with a step-by-step plan to use brain science and the Bible together to welcome God's healing power over worry and fear. Listen, I struggled with anxiety most of my life, even as a Christian. I finally found lasting peace and victory over anxiety when I created a plan to manage my anxiety that used proven tools to get God's truth into my thoughts. I want to help you create your plan to manage anxiety and discover more calm. Go to CalmYourAnxietyToolkit.com to learn more and to get started. Again, that's CalmYourAnxietyToolkit.com. So we can look at this verse in a different aspect. I think we often focus on the beginning part of this verse by saying, don't worry about anything instead of pray about everything. Yes, of course, we need to keep doing that. Yet we sometimes miss this final part, fixing our thoughts on what's true and honorable and right and how that brings peace. Because when we're doing that, we're fixing our thoughts on these other things. We're not fixing our thoughts on our worries and our problems. Our thoughts are in a different place. And that allows us to calm down. It allows us to let go truly of the worry and the fear. Isaiah 40, verse 10, talks about how we do not have to fear. We do not have to fear because he is with us. We don't have to uphold ourselves in this moment. We don't have to try to think about it enough or hold on to it. I sometimes felt like that, and I still fall into that trap sometimes. Like, well, if I'm not thinking about it enough, then clearly it's not an issue for me. Like, it's this weird, twisted thinking inside. But God is saying, actually, when you do that, you're keeping yourself stuck in bondage. What I wanted you to do is to free yourself so that you can be strengthened and filled up by who I am, by my power, by who you are in me. It's going to be okay. I can let it go and I can focus on these good things. These good things are what is meant to sustain me and sustain you in these periods. We can let it go, but we have to fill it back up with the sustaining power of 
all of the truth of who he is. So one thing that I really loved when I was thinking about this was the idea of of manna. Um, I had heard a speaker talk about this earlier today, how when the Israelites were given manna in that moment of uh, walking in the desert and in the wilderness, God gave them exactly what they needed when they needed it. They couldn't store it to the next day. They couldn't hold on to it. And when they did, it turned into worms that were just, you know, it got maggoty and yucky. They had to accept what he gave them for that day as sustenance. And so when we start trying to, you know, grab a hold of things and trying to fix it, even in these well-intentioned ways, it's like, God is like, I'm giving you what you need. Look around you. This is what you need. You need to give it to me. You need to let it go. But then you need to refocus your thoughts on what is good and what is true, what is lovely, what is honorable, what is right. So this is a very practical action step that I encourage you to take this week, just to experiment with, see what it is it's like, and to also begin to link and ask yourself, do I have a problem with living in the moment? I know a lot of us talk about that. I I have a problem like being able to enjoy the moment. That seems like an epidemic. People say that. I'm, I'm always living in the future, worrying about the future, thinking about the past. How hard is it to live in the moment? So what if this is a way for you to stop living in the future, but to pray, let it go, and, say, and actively say, I'm going to live in this moment and absorb and enjoy and let this good stuff that's happening fill me up and strengthen me? So I want to tell you again, it doesn't negate the fact that you're going through something hard. It doesn't. You can hold both. We don't have to be afraid of noticing the good. When we were walking through um, a period of unemployment, the first time especially, but the second time as well, I really focused on this aspect of the Philippians 4, the second part of the verse. And I literally had a list. I literally had a list that I would update from time to time. but it really, really, really helped me give up, <laughs> give up the prayers and to, to let go of them, so to speak, not to just keep praying the same things over and over and over again in, a, in an anxious way, but to say, I prayed this and this is what I'm now transitioning my thoughts to. We got to have that self-control, friends. We just do. That's something that I don't think we talk about a lot either. We have to have self-control and discipline in our thoughts we are called to take our thoughts captive. We can't just sit by and and let our thoughts just kind of you know wash over us and without taking control of what's there. And I think that's part of this. That's the second half of this. So what I would challenge you today to do as an action step is to really make your list. What are the things that you can focus on? And these are the things from Philippians 4 that are true, that are honorable, that are right, that are pure, that are lovely, admirable, excellent and worthy of praise. When I had that list going during that very intense season, it kept me from obsessing about needing an answer. And I think it kept me in gratitude, but at a very specific form of gratitude. I was just talking today to Dr. Michelle, um, which you'll hear about in a, in a future episode. And she was talking about the importance of gratitude getting us through depression and really difficult episodes, how um, that is something that we can turn to. And this is, I think, a very real and practical way to consider gratitude, that um, it, it just refocuses us on what is also true. It is also true, along with the hard things. It is also true that these good things exist. And then one last thing I wanted to share here is that Isaiah 26.3, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So if it feels kind of strange to think about 
the the true honorable right pure lovely like from those kind of categories even if you just pick a couple of them if it still isn't quite jiving with you you can also think of it as well it says here in this verse he keeps in perfect peace all who trust in you whose thoughts are fixed on you so what can we what about God can we think about and praise him for and be grateful for and enjoy what can we enjoy in the moment you know Thinking about God's character, who is he? How has he created the universe? How how does he relate to us in relationship? Thinking about how he made us, who are we now as his redeemed children? Thinking about how he made the world, how intricate and and beautifully he makes all things work together in in creation. As we look outside, we can see the trees and how that interacts with the animals that that live in the trees and and the dirt and the sunsets, like everything. Everything works together. And how it's just this this way of noticing beyond what we're feeling and fearing to what is also real in this moment. And so when I say stop and savor, I really mean, it, it can mean anything, but it, it just means beginning this practice. It really is a practice that we have to teach ourselves to do, to, to stop, look around, take a deep breath, maybe notice with our eyes. Maybe write something down. Maybe just stop and say a prayer of thanks. It can look different for us in different moments, and it can look different for different people. But just being in this moment and acknowledging and seeing and letting that give you permission and give you the strength to let go of the fear. All right. Before we go, I wanted to give you a resource that I know can be really helpful if you're needing help in reminding of the good, of who you are, of who God is. And it is this statement. There's 50 statements of who you are in Christ, who you've been made to be in Christ. Um, Their powerful statements are based on Bible verses. And I am giving this to anyone who can write a five-star rating and review for the podcast and submit that. These ratings and reviews are the best thing you can do to help me with this podcast and to help the overall message of getting the word out about the podcast. Because when we have ratings and reviews, it's often the thing that somebody like a guest I may be trying to get, or even just somebody looking at the podcast as a new listener might go, oh, I will listen to it or I won't listen to it based on the reviews that are there or the number of reviews. And it also helps with the algorithm to to let the algorithm know, hey, these are people who are listening to this, this podcast and they love it and it's helpful. Also, when people see comments there of testimonies of how it's helpful for them, it means a lot. So it would mean a lot to me to be able to continue to help this podcast get out to more people. So it'd mean a lot if you could help us out by taking five seconds to write a five-star rating and review. And when you do that, just take a screenshot of it and send it to hello at vibrantchristianliving.com. And my team will send you out the link to be able to download this awesome declarations of who you are in Christ. It's an audio you can listen to and also a written statement. So don't miss out on that. Again, all you gotta do is leave that rating and review, take a screenshot and send it to the team and we will send that out to you. All right, great friend. I will see you back here next week. Have an awesome week in the Lord. Thanks for joining me today. Please go to vibrantchristianliving.com and click on podcast to get the full show notes and more info on the resources that we talked about in today's episode. And don't forget to subscribe and to leave a five-star rating and review in your favorite podcast player. Thanks. I'll see you back here next week.